Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampy. And my guest today is the Director of Football Operations for DMV University, Mr. Chris Bray. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you having me, brother. Hey, it's, it's good to have you. I met We met at uh, a mutual friend, Jim, and we got a chance to talk a little bit. So I'm glad that you actually decided to do the podcast. I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you, brother. I always like helping my people out, man. And Greg speaks highly of you, so... I was, I'm down to do this for you, help you out. I appreciate it. So what is DMV University exactly? So DMV University it all started uh, last year uh, when uh, we uh, it, uh, took over uh, the D- uh, DMV Hammers. And there was a program in the area that was ran by the guy that owns uh, the D- uh, Green, uh, what's that? Evergreen Sportsplex, right on Leesburg, right off Evergreenville Road. And... Um, he backed out of the program. He sold it to another guy. And then we ended up buying the rights of the hammers from the other guy. And then we just rebranded it and then started uh, started with one team with our 8U. And then um, now we have 10 teams on the roster this year. So you guys bought it from someone else? Yeah, we, well, we, there's a nonprofit organization and everything like that. We just bought the rights of uh, use of the nonprofit organization and just rebranded it just so we can keep the football thing going. Okay, now this is gonna sound crazy, but I did not know you could buy a nonprofit. <laughs> well, it's like I just, basically like what we bought was the catalog, like so basically like the information. So like every team of youth organization has like a, a database of information, like of like players and people that's inquired about playing. So it's basically like all the back end stuff is not really the organization itself itself. So like we bought equipment, we bought like uh, yard markers, we bought chains. Like all the assistance for like running a football uh, game and everything like that, and then also running a, a youth football program. So we bought probably about two hundred helmets and about three hundred pairs of shoulder pads, and that was like part of the purchase. It wasn't really about the actual like branding itself. Now, how many of you guys is it? It is so our board consists of three founders, and we have one, two, three, four, nine people on the board. Wow, that's a yeah, lot. man, yeah. We got we got ten teams, so we got we got a lot of people helping out with this thing. Now, are you guys playing each other, or you're playing other teams? Oh, we're playing other teams. Like right now, we have our our nationally uh, our national teams. What we classify as our national teams. That's the teams that's like ranked in the top twenty five in the country. We have those teams playing in the Maryland League against like uh, other uh, top programs in the country. And then we have our other teams that's like still like freshly starting, like getting off the ground, everything like that. We have them in our what we call the VAFA League, which is a Virginia-based uh, travel football league. How many how many games do you all play a year, a season? So per season is about six to eight games, and then it's uh four conference games. Six to- you say I'm sorry, six total or ten total? Yeah, about. Yeah. It's uh six total for the regular season, and then if you had conference, regionals, and play and champion in uh state, excuse me, uh, it's about ten altogether, twelve altogether, somewhere in that window. Is it a, is it automatic? Every team get the goal. You have to win your way into the conference games. Yeah, uh, uh, so it's all based on rankings and stuff like that. So like it's all how you uh, seed your team. The best team takes the first seed, and then uh, what they do with this league is uh they drop the bottom two teams. So, like, not all teams are guaranteed playoffs. Oh, okay. okay. Because it's a state tournament. 
It's more of a state tournament. Okay. Now, what made you to decide to invest in this? Uh, well, I was, me and a buddy of mine, we we're getting ready to start our own uh, program ourselves, our own youth program ourselves. Uh, and then, um, long story short, is uh, his uh, significant other, his girlfriend, uh, is uh, dealing with a uh, bout with cancer. So we kind of had to scrap what we we're doing. And then, um, buddy of mine, that's one of the co-founders of uh, the DMV University, reached out to me. And he's like, man, he's like, I don't care what you got going on. He's like, we need your help. I'm like, all right. I'm like, let's talk turkey. Let's talk and everything like that. So broke down what uh, what they needed from me and everything like that. And then uh, how could I help out the program? And so basically I'm the uh, overseer of all the coaches, just like uh, the quality control for football. So making sure to uh, vet the coaches properly, making sure these coaches are teaching these kids football, teaching them fundamentals, making sure these kids are learning every year. And then also, too, like helping them with their scheme, anything like with personnel, putting things in place. It's kind of like the coach of the coaches. What do you say the benefits are from from kids playing football? The benefits from kids playing football, I would say the number one thing is uh, the brotherhood from it all. The brotherhood from it all, because like you, you learn how to go uh, to strive for a common goal with people you technically don't know or you call a friend. But you have a like-minded goal, so it just takes people out of their comfort zone, stops thinking about their self, and puts them in a selfless uh, standpoint of uh, achieving the ultimate goal of like winning a championship and being successful at football. I think team sports in general really helps with that. Did you play football yourself? Yes, sir. I started football when I was seven, continued on through high school, went to college for a short stint. Uh, that ended up short, uh, stopping short uh, due to my mother's health. So I ended up uh, stopped going to school, uh, dropped out of school, and then uh, came home to start working to help my mother out. So like once that happened, uh, tried a few avenues. I did semi-pro, tried out for the skins once, and then uh, just stuck with coaching once I realized the pro thing wasn't going to happen. What school did you go to? Uh, I initially enrolled with Marshall University. Oh, okay. okay. Yes, sir. What position? Uh, tailback. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Did you like it there? It was awesome. It was a great. It was a great situation. Bobby Pruitt is a great coach, great guy, and uh, Dan Cook, the uh, coach at that time, he was the offensive coordinator. He was a real one that won me over because he told me he's like off jump. He's like, if you're good enough to win the starting job as a freshman, it's yours. So like that was a big that was a big push for me. And at that time, they were definitely under like sanctions and stuff like that, so scholarships weren't like at hand. So the first year I had to pay my way, but I worked my way to get into the point of uh, earning a scholarship. But then uh, family uh, family situation called. How tough was that decision for you to leave? Uh, not at all. It wasn't a difficult decision at all. Because uh, my main thing, I'm, I've always been a family first guy. So it wasn't a big decision. It wasn't a tough decision. It was heartbreaking for my dreams, but I'll take my mother over a game any day. And I've always had that, that mindset. Yeah, that's you, so. When you made the decision, you pretty much knew your career was over. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. Wow, wow. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Because you said you you said you tried out for some other teams. Um, yeah, I, I played some my pro football. I did the free agent tryout with the Skins once, and uh, that was pretty cool. But 
that turned out to be a nothing. Uh, everybody got cut. So just went back to uh, playing semi-pro football with my friends just to get that fixed, get that football fixed, and then just uh, put, uh, put my head full in on coaching and started off coaching youth football with a little B-League team of uh, 10 and 11-year-olds. And that was the start of it. Did you always did you always want to be a coach? Well, it kind of kind of started when I was in high school because uh, my my younger brother he was like four years he's four years younger than me, and I helped out their team and that was the first real team where I can say I was on the coaching staff and we won a championship. So I'm like, all right, I like this, and I saw the the progress from the kids from me helping, and I'm like, all right, I got a knack for this, and a lot of parents like praise me like you're. You're my son's favorite coach, and this and that, that and this. So I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. So, and like, it, it kind of kept that whole. Hey, I doing? It kept that whole theme of me basically being in the game. It kept that in my life. So I'm like, I just stayed with it. It was like that perfect fix. Like it was a perfect fit. I'm assuming that you coach offense, correct? Uh, offense and defense. Uh, going from youth ball up. I've always been an offensive coordinator type, but uh, I've been a defensive coordinator through my high school years, been coaching high school ball, third, going on year 14 now, and started off D coordinator and helping out at Woodgrove, and then uh, I was a D coordinator at uh, Tuscarora High School, and then I was um, got my first official high school head coaching gig. I was a freshman head coach at Valley, where I was the offensive coordinator, and then spent three years there and then uh, made my bump back over to my alma mater at Stonebridge where I started out as a defensive coordinator for my first three years. And now this year I'm a offensive coordinator for freshmen. And then I help out running backs with the varsity. Is this side of the ball you prefer to coach? No, it doesn't matter to me. I just love the game that much. So let me ask, what's the difference because you play tailback? What's the difference seeing the game as a running back and seeing the game as a coach? Well, I think the one big thing that really helped me out uh, with you uh, starting out youth ball, my first position I actually played was quarterback. Oh. So, like, that kind of, like, that kind of, like, spearheaded the whole thing of me, like, really being in tune with the game, becoming a student of the game at an early age. And then as I got bigger, I didn't really, like, start playing tailback until high school. And that's why I made my position switch. And then that really just – that really like locked me in on like really helping everybody out, get everybody in the right position, knowing what everybody was doing, helping our quarterback out as well. So like I think it, me playing quarterback at a young age really like sparked that coaching that coaching bug in my in my system because me understanding the game on both sides of the ball, understanding how to read a defense, understanding how to control an offense, taking the lead and everything like that. That really that really got me into like I can say that really got me into being a coach because. That's all it really is, is like just teaching the game I learned and then advancing it and making sure these kids understand it. Why'd you change positions? Well, uh, my high school coach, he, uh, well, my freshman coach, because uh, I was trying to play varsity my freshman year, and then uh, the varsity coach kind of chewed me out for being a day late because I was supposed to go to a different high school. So long story short, I got I started up playing freshman ball, and I tried out for quarterback. So we're going through our scrimmages. I'm scoring like three, four times a game. And he's like, all right. We sat down. He's like, all right, Chris. He's like, yes, you got the best arm. Yes, you know the game the best and everything like that. He's like, but I feel like we're holding you back by you playing quarterback. He's like, let's put you at tailback. That way we can hand you the ball off and also have you a receiver. 
So I just expanded my positions and everything like that. And I've always been a, a football player first instead of like a position player first. So like my coach, he's like, I need you at tailback. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And then my first two touches were 50 plus yard touchdowns. So I'm like, okay, it worked out for me. Well, let me, okay, let's, let's back up a little bit because you said you scored three touchdowns as a quarterback. Were they rushing or, or throwing? Rushing and throwing. Oh, rushing okay. and throwing. yeah. Cause we ran an option based offense. We ran wing T. So like I ran two through one and then like, that was like the most typical. We didn't really throw too much at County. And then once we got through the scrimmages, the coach was like, all right, going into the regular season, I want you at tailback. So that's what it became. And I was fine with the switch and everything like that because we had another guy. He wasn't as fast as me, didn't have a strong arm, but he could play the position. So it worked out. Now, okay, this, <laughs> do you feel like the, the position switch worked, but do you feel like he was the best quarterback on the roster? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, because I, I was familiar with the option offense. And that was the biggest thing that uh, Wing T really brings is like that option offense feel, like the, that triple option uh, scheme. So like I've I, I ran triple option all through Little League. So I was already, already used to uh, doing the pitch, doing a, a play action, doing the bootlegs and everything like that. Like it was right up my alley. So once I got to high school, it was like a perfect fit. But then when it came down to like looking at the backfield, I understand why he pulled me from quarterback and put me at tailback because all three of our backs – we all had over a thousand yards and all had over fifteen touchdowns, and I was over twenty. I think I had like twenty eight or twenty nine. Wow! Yeah, we scored a lot. I was done usually around like halftime, early third quarter, freshman year. <laughs> this was JV or varsity? Uh, freshman, like freshman year. No, I'm saying was it the, the varsity team or JV? Oh no, I was on the freshman team. I was I went to try out for the JV varsity team, but. The varsity head coach told me I was a day late. Go play freshman. Uh, and he had kind of, it was like a personal, yeah, it was a personal grudge and everything like that because I was looking to go to Georgetown Prep, but my mom wanted me to stay with my friends. And then also, she was a nurse. She's a R, she was a RN, so she was working fourteen hour days. And she's like, I can't get off of work and drive to Maryland and chase you, uh, chase you around Maryland, catching your games. So she enrolled me in the county and everything like that. And that's one thing I kind of do regret. And she kind of. Calls it out too. She's like, I should have let you stay at Georgetown Prep. I'm like, yeah, that would have been cool. But it was all good. It was all in all. She got to make it to the game. So, and that's the biggest reason why I played, just to make my mother happy outside of just having fun. But it was okay. cool seeing her. I'm yeah, sorry. like that was the biggest drive for me is to play for my mother and my grandmother and my family. So let me ask you because the football team would have been better, Georgetown, that would have been a better football situation. But if you look back, you said your mom wouldn't have been able to, your family wouldn't have been able to attend the games. So how you right. think that would have affected your play? Uh, it wouldn't because uh, when I was like youth ball and stuff like that, my mom usually worked during the day. So like when I was a youth ball, I usually rode with my friends. I rode my bike to the games. And then, like my thing was, and she's like, you bet you, you score three touchdowns. I'm getting you Popeyes. You score four <laughs> touchdowns. We're going out to eat. So like, she always gave me an incentive and everything like that. So like, after the game, I'm giving her a call. She's like, how did you do? I'm like, I have five touchdowns. And she's like, all right, what do you want? I'm like, I want you to cook. Because I always love my mom's home cooking. Like, that was my biggest thing. And everybody always asked her when she came to my games. They're like, what are you cooking for him tonight? What you, what's your offer for him tonight? And she's like, if he scores three touchdowns, I'm taking him to Popeye's. So everybody in the stands kind of like joining the fun with it and everything like that. Like, hey, Chris, 
two more, you got Popeyes. So like, it, was, it was like it was like inside joke with the with the uh with the fans and like, the team and everything. Like, and what, what the deal was, and knew I was basically being bribed to play uh play for food. <laughs> how how important? Yeah, was it was cool times. Yeah. But... How important was it to have? Oh, that? it was it was everything. Like that's why. I, oh, it was oh it was a hundred percent. Like my thing, my mom. She knows. Like I asked for I asked for my mom to cook for my birthday presents. Like I don't ask for anything like that. Like my mom knows I enjoy a good meal. So like when she like her reward to me is always like, all right, let's go eat. All right, I'll cook. What do you want to cook? I'll go to the grocery store. She let me pick out the meal. Like I was a very simple kid. I like I just like to eat and then play ball. That was basically it. So like she just knew, all right, if my son's saying you staying out of trouble, you're doing your thing, grades are okay and everything like that. All right, give me a good game and I'm gonna reward you. So every game I went out there like it was a Super Bowl because I knew I had some food on the line. <laughs> but yeah, she always knew I was a very competitive. I'm always very competitive. Like very competitive. Like she remember when I was five, my older cousin beat me at Madden '91. He beat me like almost. He scored like a hundred points on me. I ain't scored once, and I cried for like two days. And I was so pissed. I like I'm gonna play him again. I want to play him again. I want to play him again. And he's like, nope, nope. And he always held over my head. So like my competitive edge has always been my thing, and everybody in my family knew that, especially my friends. Like I'm very competitive. Hmm. Let's talk so, about. Yeah. The, the, yep, the state ahead. of football. Let's talk about the state of football today. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't want their kids to play football. Where do you stand on that? Uh, well, I, I can I can I can understand why uh, some parents don't want their kids to play football, but then I also kind of scratch my head on like, don't like a lot of these parents like kind of like put the injuries out before they happen on the kids, and also like kind of like put a lot of mistrust on a lot of the coaches. Like there's a lot of good coaches out here. Yeah. There's a lot of bad coaches, but there's a lot of good coaches that actually know how to teach the game. Well, so like in a sense, like I think a lot of parents hold their kids back because I'm a freshman coach now. And like out of my team, we got 38 kids and probably about 18 are brand new to the game. And now the parents are asking me after each practice, uh, what can my son do to be better? And, what can my son do to uh, get more playing time? And I have to tell him, I have to tell him the truth because with high school football, you're not guaranteed playing time. Like if you're not contributing or like getting the system, like I can't put you in and risk everybody else's health and, uh, and risk the uh, success of the team just to kind of give you a play or two when you don't know what you're doing. So it's a safety concern, but like you, you hold your kids back when you wait too long to put them in a the game. And I think if you put your kids in a game early, if you're worried about the context side of it all, put your kids in flag football. Like, mm -hmm. let them understand the aspects of the game where they're not getting beat up or getting hit or getting bullied on what some parents say. I don't, I don't want my kids being bullied because uh, the kids are not really physical. So, mm -hmm. like, a lot of those traits that these parents think the kids are going to pick up in a year, that's what these kids get in youth football and playing outside with their friends. But as you know now, the state of football, as you said, is a, is a, is a declining sport because – not a lot of kids are into contact sports because it's like one of the last gladiator sports that we have and not a lot of people are built for it. Mm. So we have a lot of parents that are like, you know what, let me keep my kids out of that. Even though lacrosse and soccer statistically uh, has more concussions than football. Really? That's what I've been told. 
I don't mark my words on it, but that's what I've been told. I, out of the uh, cl coaches' clinics I've been going to and the concussion clinics I've been going to, it says soccer and uh, soccer, lacrosse, and cheerleading are the three highest sports with concussions. And then football is like right there behind it. Well, what would you say is a good age to start? Uh, good age for kids, I would say the earlier the better because I would say like seven years old, eight years old because all the kids are still figuring out the game at that point. So there's like no clear advantage from being experienced. Yeah, you're going to have your anomalies, but I'll be like two or three kids in the entire league that's just like miles ahead of everybody else. But like starting them young, like seven, eight years old, all the kids are still figuring themselves out, still figuring out how they how they fit in the game and still trying to figure out what exactly what what what's their purpose of playing. So I always say they start them early. That way, if they they get that time, they're not worried about anybody like really like killing them, being over aggressive. All the kids are roughly the same size. And they, they get to understand the game. You really learn the fundamentals. And I think that's the safest part of the game is learning the fundamentals at an early age because that's blocking, like everything. Blocking, catching, running the ball, taking a handoff, throwing the ball, small things like that, tackling, tackling correctly. Because you're not going to have Derrick Henry's at seven years old, six years old. <laughs> You'll probably get one kid, but as a whole, you're not going to get too many kids. This is going to be just bulldozing kids and you're not going to have that big D line and old line and you're not going to have four or five on the team just wearing kids out because thing is like the safety protocols have changed with football now and I think the last 10 years has been great compared to before and me being as a coach I can say like yeah I love the old school the old school way of playing everything like that but the rules like the hits to the head and the uh, illegal chop blocks and the and the uh, what's it got horse collaring horse collar tackles and stuff like that. Then removing that and like being like health conscious of these kids is great. So like I understand why the things have changed and they're actually working out for the best because before, you know, you you played back in the day. You remember, you remember a kid get a ding in the head. Oh, you got a ringer. Shake it off and get back in the game. Not knowing that it was concussion. Ooh, yeah. So like now, like seeing that, like being a kid and like seeing like my teammates being put through that because I, I experienced one concussion in my life that I remember and everything like that. Like, I've never been a kid to, like, just hit with my head and be a bullet. I've always been a physical kid, but I also knew how to tackle properly. But, like, the biggest thing now compared to back in the day is, like, just the safety protocols, hitting with your head up, not hitting with your head. You know, just understanding the game and understanding, like, you don't have to swing for defenses for every hit. Biggest thing is just approaching the kid, wrapping up properly, and pulling him to the ground. And that's how you really got to teach the game. Just keep it simple. And starting at a young age, these kids will get it by the time they're 10 to 12 instead of them starting as a freshman in high school and basically taking to their junior year, senior year to really get a grasp of the game. And then these kids are like, all right, I want to go to college and play football. And, like, it's like it's like a it's a shot in the dark for most of them unless they're just an anomaly. Um, now, one thing you told Because you about really got to love the game to go to college football. Yeah, this one thing that I want to back up to because you you talked about this in the beginning. Um, you mentioned that the okay. university they actually are a traveling team. We yes. both traveling costs money. So how do you all yes financial aspect of that? So right now we do uh, we do a lot of fundraising and everything like that uh, for the kids. Each team does their own fundraising for the registration fees. That way, if we have kids that are like less fortunate and can't really cover the cost. Like the team raises the fees, they 
we set a goal for each team. Okay, you got 25 kids that want to sign up. Okay, we need to we need to raise that much money for 20 kids at 200 bucks a kid. So we set goals throughout the offseason in the wintertime just to give the kids a chance to like to kind of knock to knock a dent in it. So like that way, if we have like five, six kids that can't afford it, but want to play and they and like they ride in with a kid that their friend plays on the team and they can they can, they can get a ride in and everything like that. Like we'll be able to cover those kids and then any excess costs, we put that uh, to the side for any like tournament fees or if we qualify for like na the national tournament in Florida, we'll like raise money to uh, cover the cost for the trip as well. Now, have you all actually qualified for for nationals? Uh, we have three teams right now that's qualified for nationals. Oh wow! Okay. Yep. When so like right now, we know early on that we have to go. Yeah, we got three teams ranked in the top twenty in the country for the age groups. Our seven U team is ranked. Our nine U team is ranked, and our eleven U team is ranked. So when is it? When is the tournament? Uh, the tournament is usually like, usually like um, what's it? January. Oh, it's usually January. Yeah, and it's down in Florida. Is it so? Is the season over, or is it going right now? Uh the the fall season is actually start just started this past weekend. And uh, out of our seven teams that played this weekend, uh, five teams won and two lost. No, five teams won, one loss, one tied. Ah. Uh, so, so which ones qualify for Florida if the season just started? I'm a little confused on that one. Okay, so, like, the qualification for the Florida tournament, for the Florida National Tournament, like, we have – there's a spring season and there's also a fall season. Our okay. teams played – we had four teams play through the spring season – and we had three teams finish in the top ten in the country in the spring, oh. in their age groups. So that gives you an automatic automatic bid to the fall national tournament. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So yeah, it's totally, it's, it's, yeah, it's totally separate from like the state sanction uh, leagues and stuff like that. So like, yeah, we play like we have Vapor, uh for our Virginia teams, and then we also have our DMVAC. Uh, that's our Maryland teams, like where we the league we put our national teams in. So you can play out through the season, like if we're not ranked. And if you win the state tournament, you get an automatic qualifier for the national tournament. But since our kids already done that in the spring, those teams don't really have to worry about it. But we're still competing for it. What happens if you win it? Win that one too. So if we win that one too, that means we bump another team out. So. <laughs> So that's what really happens. Like, we're bumping another team out. So if we win the spring and the fall state tournament and everything like that, we cover the state and fall representation. Oh, okay. So you so you actually do want to bump a team out there. Yeah, we want to bump teams out. Oh, okay. And I, and I know that sounds – the reason I ask because I'm thinking like, okay, well, if you bump a team out, they don't get that opportunity to, you know, travel and get the plane. Right. Out special game, but at the same time, that shortens your path to, <laughs> to the title. So Right, to the big title, yeah. Because there's like, there's like I think they, they have different divisions. Like there's a D Division One, Division Two, and now they're introducing a Division Three. So like they're giving teams multiple chances, like multiple avenues to make it to the national tournament. So like if you're like a D1 team and you get bumped from the playoffs and everything like that, you can like jump into the D2 uh, play-in tournament to try to qualify like a qualifier and you can qualify for the D2 national tournament instead of qualifying for the D1 because that team got bumped. So like it's a big competitive 
cycle basically. Uh, so like it's a big yeah, it's a big bracket. it's a big bracket. Like I'm I'm still new to the whole national circuit of travel football. And right now I'll tell you what, this stuff is crazy. But yeah, there's there's a lot of avenues for these teams to uh get to the national tournament and there's different divisions for them as well. So yes, we can have like we can have like three representatives out of each state now in the national tournament. Okay. So yep. like they broaden the market. So like now instead of just like one team representing the state for the age group, now it's three teams representing the state for the age group. When is the um uh is this your is this your team's first time going to Florida? Uh, no, we had our 9U team, what we call the Ferrari Boys. Uh, they made it to the Florida tournament last year. The Ferrari Boys. <laughs> yeah, we give every team, like, because you know how kids love the swag. They love the swag, what they call now the drip. So, like, the main thing is, like, we, we want the kids to be happy and excited, look good, play good, feel good. You know how primetime said. So, like, we let the teams pick out their uniforms and everything like that. So, our Ferrari Boys, they're Ferrari Red. They got the Ferrari logo on the jersey with the DMVU badge. And we let the kids put their nicknames on the back of the jersey. And, and it's, it's something fun for them, and it keeps them excited. The kids are taking their pictures. They they build their social media with their uniform. So it's cool, and it's something fun for them to have. What excites you the most about being the, the leader of this program? Uh, the biggest thing is, like, going back to my youth days and everything like that. So when I was in youth ball, uh, my – my youth coach that really like impacted my life and really like steered me in the right direction. His name is James Pulliam. And I know you're probably familiar with the uh, Pulliam name. His daughter is Keisha Knight Pulliam, Rudy Huxtable oh. from the uh, Cosby show. Okay. So I grew up, I grew up with them. Like they, they lived in Leesburg when, when I lived here. So I played for his team and everything like that. So he got to the point where he saw basically like the issue of like, okay, we have probably about 20 kids in this entire County. That's like just, absolutely destroying like every team they play and he wanted to like he's like let's start a travel team get these kids in a travel team get all the big dogs on a travel team and allow the direct league to be a develop de a development team a development league for the other kids so they get a chance to shine you know what i'm saying okay. so like he brought that up back then and uh clyfl the Le leesburg youth football league booted them out the league Damn. Yeah. So they booted him out of the league and everything like that. And I'm like, man. So like, that was like my first taste of like, okay, like I see what daddy ball is, because the first thing they did, they put three, they uh, got rid of our head coach, assistant head coach, and they put three dads as coaches, and it went from us being undefeated the year before playing in a championship to like we're a middle of the road team because our coaches didn't understand football. And then, like, starting to see, like, parents put their kids in positions that they weren't in before, and now they're putting kids they're putting kids in spots like, okay, I want, my son's going to play quarterback now. We're going to put you here. We're going to put you there. So, like, I really started seeing what daddy ball was, and that was, like, the big driving force. I, like, when I, if I get a chance to, I didn't think at that time, but I knew where, I, like, once I, like, stopped playing football together, like, real football, I'm like, when I get back to this coach, I'm like, I'm going to finish what Coach Pulliam started. So, like, I've ever had a chance. I want to start a travel program. So, like, when this program started up, I'm like, here's my chance. Okay. Here's my chance to give back because they told me they, they wanted to do the national level. They want to do the national schedule, playing, like, teams from California and Florida and Texas. 
and which we did this past weekend because uh, we actually hosted the Battle Youth Na uh, Spring National Championships at uh, Independence High School this past weekend. It was a two-day event. So, like, just bringing a, the atmosphere to, like, travel football atmosphere to Loudoun County, bringing a uh, national travel football atmosphere to Loudoun County. Like, that's always been a personal goal for me ever since I started coaching. And I'm with an organization that that's about the bigger picture. Just to get these kids exposure from a young age and give them a, a viable platform from them to, pro to grow their game and to be seen. So, like, it's, just, it's a breath of fresh air and it's something fun to do. And I'm just happy to see these kids excited to be out there and playing. I want to end it with this. What is, okay. the biggest, what is the biggest lesson football has taught you? The biggest lesson that football has taught me? Yes. Big, my biggest lesson is exactly what you said, to, to, to take a lesson from an L. Mm. That fair that is okay if you're going 100%. And that's the, like like that's the two main things is learn from your learn from your losses, and it's okay to fail if you're going at a hundred percent. Wow, that's I've I've kind of heard that in the military. So okay, they make it a lot. Yeah, of and I got I, my dad was ex marine, and I got a lot of military in my family too. But I really picked that up from football, and that was like the biggest premise of it all. Is just learn from your losses, don't dwell on your losses, and. It's okay to fail if you you're going at a hundred percent. Wow. Well, listen. So, like, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What was that? No, I go ahead. I, no, because you kind of broke up. I thought you were done with your thought. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done with my thought. I, was, I heard you started talking and it kind of broke up. Oh, okay. I was I was just going in. And I wanted to say thank you for for taking the time to do this because, like you said, I know you had the, the um, battle championships this weekend. You had a long weekend, so I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh, no problem at all, man. And I appreciate you for reaching out to me and making this happen, man. And I'm open to do another one anytime. Definitely. How do you tell the people how they can, um, if they want to help out with the youth team, how they can get involved? All right. So uh, they can reach out to our Instagram page. We have an Instagram page. It's, uh, it's DMV the U on Instagram. It's DMV underscore the underscore U. And um, also, if they uh, want to go to my page, uh, I have a, uh, all the links on my page. It's uh, Coach Deuce, C-O-A-C-H underscore D-U-E-C-E -E on Instagram. And uh, I have the links to DMVU and all the links to the teams on my page. All right. Again, man, I thank you for doing this, and I wish you, you and the teams all the best moving forward. I appreciate you, brother, man. I appreciate you. Definitely. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lent. My Facebook is also conversations with Lent. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.